Good morning, Leo. Good morning, Eric. Day four of snow day week. How are you handling it? Well, yesterday I was going a little stir crazy and I think my kid was too. Um, so I ended up getting out of the house, which was really nice. It is pretty cold. Um, I was just sharing this with you. It's negative 15 degrees in the middle of the state of Michigan and that's without wind chill. So I think we're going to be spending a lot of time inside today too. I read that Saturday it's going to be 40, which is going to be kind of disgusting. Well, while I'm looking forward to the fact that it's not crazy cold, it's going to be like that kind of messy winter that I hate as well. So, yeah, yeah, that 50 or 60 degree swing. And then on the upside, it's still really cold. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see how that goes. I think like, yeah, it's a big difference between being a parent and having a snow day and having to arrange things for the kids to do all day and then uh, being a kid and just being able to do whatever you want all day is a big difference. Oh, yeah. My my daughter's been loving the days off. She's a kindergartner, right? Yes, she is. Yeah. So it's all new to her. Today, I have uh, two of my kids are home and then the three other ones are at my aunt's. So hopefully if you hear Mario Kart in the background, you'll know what that's coming from. Oh, okay. I think my daughter right now is watching Carmen Sandiego. Is this a reboot? On Netflix. Yes. How is it? I watched the first two episodes with her and it's pretty good. I like how they've changed up uh, Carmen Sandiego's backstory a little bit. Okay. Make her a sympathetic villain. <laughs> yes. Nice. Do they find her? Um, they keep finding her. And from what I've seen, she keeps getting away. But they keep begging the question, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? For me, uh, that takes me back to the Nintendo games. I think they had two of them. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? And where in time is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, I had that for my computer, too. And each of the games came with those thick handbooks where you could look up clues and you could actually learn a little bit about geography and history. And this was before Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, those were good games. Mm -hmm. Especially for a snow day. I'll try and reel it back in. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about productive parenting and what exactly that means. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think it's a really good thing is first talk about what does that exactly mean? So one of the things I wanted to mention was there should be a little bit of reducing your scope when it comes to being a productive parent. Maybe not reducing your scope necessarily, but changing your definition of being productive. I think there's a big differences, obviously, between different ages of children, but when they're really little, you're being productive by raising and taking care of little kids. I think in productivity, we oftentimes talk about work, like producing work, producing content, producing code, whatever, uh, design, whatever it is you do. But I think like being a productive parent, part of being productive is taking care of your kids. And that's being productive, uh, whether, whether you like it or not. Part of being a productive parent is being, a pro being productive at parenting. There, did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And so when you uh, when you first presented this topic idea to me after our last episode, it immediately made me think of the quote that you shared from, um, and sorry, I've only just started watching Parks and Rec. So is it Ron Swanson? Yes. So that, that same quote, something along the lines of uh, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Uh, so I'm wondering when you have something like a snow day, or in our case, four extreme cold days where they close down basically everything in the city for four days in a row. How do you actually 
shift gears so that you can still stay wholly focused on the things that are important. And something I had mentioned was you can be doing two things and just focus on one at a time. So don't try and spend 20 seconds writing some code or doing some marketing uh, copy or something like that while you're also trying to stay engaged with your kid. Split them up and find ways that you can focus on your kid for a little bit or children and then find times where you can focus on your work as well, which definitely requires a lot of practice. It's taken a long time for my daughter to feel comfortable doing lots of activities, just totally independent of me um, in the safety of our own home. It's not like I let her run around outside when it's negative 15 degrees, but finding safe activities for her to do inside that can really draw in her whole attention for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or more while I can get some work done. So that's what I imagine. I think that's a good point. So like when they're very, very little, I would say under two, you pretty much can't leave them alone. I mean, when they're sleeping, obviously, but like they don't know how to play by themselves unless, of course, they have older siblings. Um, They really need to be taken care of all all the time. So I think that's a big challenge. But as they get older, I think one thing is being able to teach that ability to play on their own um, is a big deal. And I think that helps a lot is giving them that ability uh, to be able to play on their own. Yeah, I think that translates pretty well into um, formative and adult years as well, um, because um, you want someone who is going to be able to direct their energy in some way. And at least I do. Well, I'm raising my daughter. I'm trying to be thoughtful of her focusing on what she's interested in and making sure that she's never bored and she doesn't. um, I mean, it's really helpful when she has other friends and her parents to be able to play with her. But at the same time, you know, if she wants to do some art and even if it's going to be really, really messy, I want her to know that it's okay to make a mess and that, um, You know, she can take a stab at cleaning up after herself, but I want her to be focused on it. I want her to explore the things she's interested in. And I think that will apply hopefully really well when she's an adult and is pouring herself into something that she cares about. Yeah, that's a really good point. Having that ability to play on your play on your own is super important. One thing is um, I tried to minimize as probably most parents do screen time for the kids. Um, and I, I almost say there's like a, a pyramid or a tier of like screen time. It's like at the very top is uh, doing stuff with other people, interactive, like basically playing video games with other people. And then at the very bottom is just like watching just whatever stupid TV show is on. And then somewhere in the middle is playing on your own or watching something educational. I try to minimize screen time as much as possible, but um, I think it's important to teach them to play on their own with things that aren't necessarily screen time related. I think that's, that's a big advantage if you can teach a kid to do that. Um, It's super difficult by all means, but it's definitely something to look out for. Yeah. It's something I, I try and do. When I do let her have screen time is make her Mm -hmm. feel like she's earned it by having her do some some other activity. Um, It's almost like the parenting slash kids version of a Pomodoro. Yeah. Or maybe Pomodoros are the adult 
like a working class freelancer version of being able to uh, earn some screen time. You know, this morning I had her asked her to get through all of her morning chores. So do her entire routine and then she could earn some screen time. Um, actually, I, the way I presented it was she could do some activity that she wants. And of course, it's screen time because kids can't get enough of that the screen. <laughs> but she did it. I mean, she she worked her butt off. She made her own breakfast. Um, she ate it quietly, cleaned up after herself. Uh, she brushed her teeth, got dressed, did all the things nice. that let her earn some screen time, which she's enjoying right now. So another thing just to point out going back is don't try to overstrain yourself if you have some real difficult challenges uh, taking care of a kid that just means it is what it is and don't you know try not to take it out on your kid of course um, you just when you have kids your priorities tend to change and your kid becomes number one um, over over other things and just there the other option is to look at outsourcing some of the other things that you need to do in your life that aren't necessarily kid or work related like house related tasks or cleaning either find friends family or pay someone to do it like that's always an option but just don't try to exhaust yourself and burn out i think that's that's kind of the worst possible outcome that you could do and nobody's going to be happy about that what one thing to keep in mind is that your priorities change when you have a kid as well. And so let's say this, I haven't thought it through. Um, however, when I've worked on larger development teams, we've had emergency work come in. So we plan two weeks at a time and we'll be working on stuff in very well-defined priority order. However, sometimes a production emergency or something, some fire happens and we have to stop everything that we're doing and focus on that. I think that treating a snow day or days where your kid is sick or something comes up is very similar will help you realize that you just have to manage your priorities a little bit differently. If you think of it that way, then it helps you reassess, like you were saying, some of the other things that might be able to put on the wayside. Maybe if your kid was at school today, you were planning on like queuing up two weeks worth of social media copy or something like that. Or maybe you were planning on using some of your downtime to clean the bathroom. Um, well, now that you have a kid at home and you have to reassess your priorities, maybe those things can be put off a day. Um, or maybe you have someone that you're working with who isn't in the same situation and might have a little bit free time, or maybe you can negotiate like if they do X, Y, and Z for you, like next week, maybe you can take on a little extra work for them. So there are ways to manage the priorities as they change. And then you can come back um, like the next time that you're able to actually sit down and wholly focus on whatever it was you were planning on doing that day if your kid wasn't at home. Yeah, those are really good points. I think you really kind of summed up about priorities and like today is a day I'm just not going to be at 100% with a snow day and two kids at home. It's just not going to happen. It's just being able to reallocate that energy and time for different things. I kind of mentioned this, but understand like different Children are all the same, both in personality, but especially at different age ranges. I feel like once they can start walking and playing on their own around two or three, it gets easier. And then once they're out of diapers, it gets easier. And then once they're in school, it gets easier. And then once they're a teenager, 
I don't know, but it probably gets harder, but also it could get easier. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Things change and it isn't all going to be the same always. Um, and there's going to be a point, honestly, where you're going to miss uh, the fact that your kids aren't as young as they used to be. So, you know, enjoy it while you can. So one thing I wanted to talk about also was including your kids and the things you do, but also teaching them boundaries. A lot of people online were talking about how, like, especially with little ones, uh, you're not getting a lot of sleep at night. So take advantage of those nap times that you give little kids and sleep when they sleep and just kind of doing being there with them when they're doing things that they're doing and uh, including them in whatever activity you're doing. If you're outside doing some outdoor work, bring them outside to play outside and help you. I'm doing air quotes, help you. So because it just it's helpful a lot. And then, uh, for instance, the YMCA that I work out at has childcare options. I can bring my kids at certain hours and that gives my wife uh, time alone. Or if she wants to come and work out with us, she can do that, too. But it gives her time to either work on something at home alone or it gives her time to come and work out uh, without having to take care of the kids. So that's super helpful. Yeah, I really love what you say about doing things with your kids. So the way I was presenting it before, you have to rebalance your priorities. At the same time, you can also consider what kinds of things can you work on with your kids where it may take you a little bit longer, but you have that flexibility of time and can go a little bit slower to make sure that you're spending good quality time with your kid as well. Yeah, that's very, very true. Being a good role model and um, showing your kids that work doesn't automatically just stop because of you know a snow day is is really good. And like, I encourage parents to do that. I feel like being a role model is almost the most important part of being a parent, like beyond feeding and taking care of them and make sure they get sleep and stuff like that. But I feel like being a role model is an underrated part of being a parent. Priority zero, keep them alive. Yeah, Priority zero. Priority one. There you go. <laughs> Priority one. Be a good role model. And another thing is just giving boundaries, especially with with the older kids, uh, as far as time and place, you know, that I set this room as the office and 99% of the time this place is only for daddy to work or daddy or mommy to do work. And that's an important part is making sure to have that boundary there. Yeah, that's something I picked up from you as well. I don't have a, uh, a separate office, really. But I do have my desk and I do have a door that closes to this room with a, with a lock. That's always helpful because you don't want to be in the middle of an interview with the BBC and your kids start coming in. <laughs> so I think that's a that's a big deal is just having that having setting that boundary and teaching them those boundaries when when you're working. Yeah. And uh, what about on the flip side? Do you ever uh, take your kids to meetings or have them involved with things that are maybe not like uh, yard work or housework or anything like that, but more uh, business oriented work? Um, on occasion, they're pretty too, they're pretty little. If I'm going to bring them anywhere, honestly, I'd have to bring a screen to keep them occupied. They're they're too little to come to like meetings per se. So like what we do, like we could talk about this, Eric, is we a lot of times we'll go to uh, a jumping uh, facility. Jumping jacks. Yeah. Yep. For the kids. Yeah, bounce houses. Yep. Bounce houses. Or there's like a coffee shop. We'll, she'll have like a little um, obstacle course type thing for kids. Those are great places to like co-work with someone and then have the kids go and play. We do that quite a bit, and I, I feel like that's super helpful. Yeah, 
Yeah, very much so. Having some other parents that you know who have kids roughly around the same age who can entertain each other and run each other around and still have a ton of fun without having to be interrupted because, you know, their parents want to have dedicated time with their kids and whatnot. Um, It's super, super helpful. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll second that as well. And even if those parents aren't, um, aren't going to be putting their head down and doing freelance types of work while you are, you know, you can also just have some kind of a uh, parent swap type of thing, if that makes sense, where you know some parents and they um, they might be able to take a day off and watch the kids. And by watch the kids, I mean basically let the kids play. And so they can just hang out and read a book or like keep half an eye open and make sure the kids are staying safe while you can get some work done and then you can return the favor a week later. You know, that works out really well too. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it is like, it depends on the audience as far as that and, and keeping the kid engaged. But that, those are some really good points. When you do have most of your kids around, are there other activities that work really, really well at keeping them engaged? Uh, Legos, activity books. The girls are old enough now that they can read. So they like reading, listening to podcasts. It's really the two babies. So I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old and keeping them occupied is probably the biggest challenge. Despite the, the fact that they're passionate about Star Wars, you kind of, I don't know, you can probably keep them busy and maybe even the older kids can keep them busy, but that's the biggest challenge. Um, because things can go awry pretty quick with with really little ones. Somebody's going to cry about something. It just it, it happens. But like the older three and especially the older two are really easy to keep occupied. Um, just trying to minimize fighting and conflict. That's what makes it really a challenge. Are there any podcasts that you recommend for kids? And would you mind sharing the ages as well? Yeah, sure. So uh, nine girl, seven girl, five boy, three girl, two boy. So that's age and gender. You got me into Circle Round, which is a public radio podcast of children's stories. And that was probably one of the best suggestions you've given me. Um, And they love it. They love Circle Round. So it's kind of like a fairy tale. Usually some celebrity is helping do a voice because we got to throw a celebrity for the parents. Um, And then, yeah, they're about anywhere between 15 minutes, uh, 20 minutes to uh there's some that are like an hour and a half but they're really just compilation uh podcast episodes if you're like going on a road trip yeah i will second that obviously because i recommended it (laughs) yeah uh they're a big fan of that and then we get a lot of like audio cds um they like soundtracks to different disney movies you can probably guess which ones those are uh depending on what year it is and then yeah occasionally they like music they like stories but how about you? Kira also likes listening to a podcast called Wow in the World, which okay. is another um, NPR podcast. And okay. it's more science oriented and silly, whereas Circle okay. Round is more calm stories with um, usually good morals to them. Right. And so if you're looking for something calm or relaxing that will require a kid's attention, Circle Round. If you're looking for something zany where they can pick up silly things to do afterwards and maybe learn weird science Facts, Wow in the World is one that I would recommend. And then uh, this is kind of new. A friend of ours got my daughter a um, an Echo Dot Kids Edition, okay. which I didn't even know was a thing, but it comes with a ton of built-in skills and it's a lot more durable. It also has a little bit more um, parental and privacy features enabled right off the bat. I can't even make it play 
music that isn't age appropriate. And then same goes with podcasts. Okay. However, it comes with a lot of skills that are like choose your own adventure types of stories. Um, it comes with lots of different games and then also just tons and tons of jokes and like bedtime stories and sing-alongs and things that will just keep her engaged for hours. Yeah. So those are my uh, tech recommendations to keep a kid engaged. And my daughter is five. She'll be six in a week and a half. And then non-tech wise, she's really, really into art. And so like rock painting kits or just having her go outside and collect some rocks and clean them and then wait for them to dry and then paint them or painting on canvases or paper or coloring, like any, anything like that will just keep her engaged for a really long time. And then also uh, I use that as an opportunity to teach her about cleaning up after ourselves. I think my kids, they like Legos. They love Legos a lot. And the, the girls are into more craft type things. My five-year-old's really into video games, but I try to minimize that. It's very special time. Like when daddy's recording a podcast. I have an obvious one for me. What's that? that? It requires other people, usually board games. Yeah, the older two are definitely into board games. Definitely the nine-year-old can can play board games. The seven-year-old still has a hard time with it. Yeah, we've been playing. I mean, I'm a board game fiend. And so we've been playing board games with Kira since she was about two. And if you're a board game fan, follow Eric on Twitter. <laughs> yes, um, I, I highly recommend that. We, we have a number of games where she can play on her own as well. And some of them are print and play. So all you need is to download some pages and print them out, uh, cut out some cards, and then uh, give the kid some dice. And it's good. Um, it's good for learning as well. Dice are an automatic way to like very easily learn. Yes, math, pick up arithmetic. Yeah. And then a little bit of a uh, little bit of reading, depending on the games as well. Like Go Fish. If you find one that has the printed fish names, they can learn some sight words like crab and fish. I think that's really good to have that time where they can play by themselves and you will have interruptions. And I think one of the important ways to get around some of those interruptions is to make sure that you break down. Like if you have a large project, like before we had kids, we'd have these large house projects to work on. And it was like, okay, this week we're going to work on this. And we'd have all the time to work on it, like ripping up wallpaper and steaming the walls and all that fun, fun stuff. I don't miss Uh, with kids. That's like really, really difficult. So then it ends up being, you need to like break up those large projects into small chunks that can be like at some point you can clean up or some point you can save the file or some point you can you know do whatever you need to do to finish for that particular session and i think that's that's an important skill to have especially with parents and and with everybody is breaking down large projects into small manageable goals yeah and sometimes small and manageable could be like i have 10 minutes what can i get done in 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and so you can get caught up on some email um or you know you can schedule some kind of an event, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a good skill to always have, but I want to be able to do more on my phone as far as work. And that tends to be really difficult. I haven't gotten to a point where I can like use my phone for work on a healthy basis. And then with issues with like TMJ, it's just not good for me to constantly be doing that to my neck and using my phone. Um, But if you can have, if you can have that ability to break down things into small tasks, maybe do them on the go on your phone. uh, If it's digital type work, then it's super efficient really helpful when you have kids. For instance, like my wife, she's a big book reader. And since we've had kids, she pretty much reads all her books on her 
her phone. Like she barely buys physical books anymore because, and it's, this was especially true um, when the kids were really little and she's like feeding them or doing nap time or bedtime. She's just reading on her phone all the time books. Um, and that's, that's a really good and healthy habit to have is have that ability to like break things down into small things and being able to do a, um, certain things with certain tools, I guess is the way to put it. I'm not going to be editing this podcast on my phone. Um, I'm going to be doing it on a computer, but there's other things that I could do to get ready for like a podcast or publishing a podcast that I could do off my phone. So yeah, these snow days and having, having kids around add in constraints that can encourage you to be really, really creative with how you use your time and get you to explore new tools and new ways to get things done. Yeah. I think it's a really great great point. We talked about changing your definition of productive. Uh, keep in mind, raising children is being productive, but also your priorities tend to change once you have kids. Look into possibly outsourcing some of those tasks, getting help from others in your support network, family, friends, or just paying somebody to do stuff. Try to include children. Don't try to fight their schedule, but work with it. If you need a nap, nap with them. If they're in the kitchen playing or in your dining room, maybe that's a good time to do something in the dining room with them as well. Make sure to have boundaries set up, either time or place, have an office, have a specific time that they can't do things. Uh, this is especially good for the older kids. Yeah, use those timers to line your time up with how they're spending their time. And then uh, teaching your child to play by themselves is really important. And while you're using those timers, making sure to break down any large projects you have into small tasks that you can do so that when kids interrupt, and they do interrupt quite a bit, uh, you have a way to to work around those constraints. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I just wanted to mention that for everyone who might be listening who is not a parent, that you can apply a lot of these techniques, even if you don't have a kid. You might have stuff like a new employee who needs on-the-job training, and so that might interrupt your next week or two's planned work schedule. You might have emergency meetings or just constantly be interrupted by meetings and all sorts of other things, like even on your own sick days or other people getting sick that you work with, your priorities will be changing. And so you can use a lot of these techniques and you don't necessarily need to put your new employee on a screen break, but there might be resources that you can send them, like if they're a developer to like learn a little bit about a certain framework or something like that. So there, there are a lot of different ways that you can take these strategies and use them for situations where you don't have kids as well. That's a really good point. I think it's it's difficult before you have kids to get those skills. Um, but once you have kids, you pretty much are thrown right into the deep. So, yeah, um, required. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I wanted to thank people who filled out the book suggestion form. We're still looking for more suggestions. So if you have any, please, we'll have a URL in the show notes for today. But I think we have a good idea of some books we might want to cover this season uh, based on some of the suggestions we've already have. But please go ahead and fill out that form. Like, take a look at the show notes. It'll be at the bottom of our show notes for today. Um, I'm thinking we might next time want to talk about breaking down large projects. How do you feel about that, Eric? Yeah, sounds good. We didn't go into a lot of detail about that. Um, and there's definitely a lot of different strategies on doing it. Yeah, let's do that in the next episode. If you're listening to this, please tweet at us at OK Productive. And if you have any suggestions about how you break up big projects, send us a tweet again at OK Productive. 